Welcome, 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 welcome to episode five of Unsolicited with George D. I'm your host. Welcome to the safe space for uh, what I call it, uninvited truths and personal opinions. I'm a little housekeeping as always. Um, This is a construction zone. Please understand we are building here. And as the show title tells you, the dialogue and discussion that we have here, it comes free of your approval, your authorization and agreement. We all need love and I'm not you know, proud to ask for mine. So definitely like, share, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Go check us out on um, online on our website, unsolicitedwithgeorged.com. You can find a collection of audio, all our content, including merch. Shout out to everybody who's been purchasing. As we get started, I want to shout out everybody who listened to the last episode. Uh, what is it called? Holler the High. Got a lot of great feedback from that. One of the most recent things that I heard is it, it landed, <laughs> which is a good thing. Um, but I, I'm happy to hear that I, I, it was it, it was received well. It was made with great intention. And um, I'm happy to hear from mostly women, actually, that actually responded to it. The guys just kind of gave me a little head nod, like, I hear you, fam. <laughs> so shout out to all of y'all. This episode, it's funny, the timing of it all. Again, the universe has conspired to produce this, next, this, this episode right here, episode five. It's only right that I kind of started this way. So, uh, there goes my baby. Loving everything you do. You already know where this is going. It's been about a week. Been hearing a lot of chatter about this. I've been hearing everyone's opinion on this. And if you don't know what I'm about to talk about, I don't know where you've been. What I'm discussing today is this topic of Miss Kiki Palmer and her recent visit to the Usher residency show in Vegas has brought upon the world. It went viral and crazy. And essentially what happened is um, in response to her experience, her significant other, if they still exist, responded in a way that it really charged everybody. People made judgment calls. People started saying a lot of different things. And I want to tackle it from a little different perspective. As I said, this is a construction zone. So this is mostly geared towards men. Women may catch a nugget or two as we do this. Just to kind of preface it, she wears an outfit that's revealing. Um, It's customary. It's kind of like in trend right now where women are wearing uh, outfits. It could be full length like jumpsuits or dresses or something like that where it's see-through, it's sheer. And underneath they may have on a bodysuit or something like that that covers their for the most part, like their breasts, maybe their stomach or whatever. In her case, it was covered up top all the way down, but the cheeks was out. Full cheeks, full legs all the way down. Sexy, I will admit. However, he objected to it. And in response to that, his first, he tweeted out, it's the outfit though, you a mom. But why did he say that? Because a video went viral whereby... Usher, as part of his live show, I think for everyone who went or now that is seeing it, observing it, he actually goes and he serenades. In the beginning of this, before the celebrities, I won't say before the celebrities, but definitely before. And uh, I think it kind of got the viral play that it was is getting now. He would systematically go through the crowd. They would already have, have somebody picked out. He'll go and he'll serenade that individual. He'll bring them on stage normally, you know, bring them on stage and serenade them and allow them to gather an experience. It could be somebody's birthday, somebody, and it'll be done like that. And recent, because of how the celebrity fanfare now that it's really, really getting, they're definitely showing up in droves and he's taking the opportunity again to now serenade these women in a way that, you know, it really engages everybody in the crowd and so forth. And he did that with Miss Kiki Palmer. She was excited. You could tell that she might have been an Usher fan for real. Um, she was really excited about the attention, but more importantly about the experience as well. She was totally immersed in it. And in so she engaged with him during that part of the show. The manner in which she engaged caused a little bit of a stir. And that was what prompted her significant other to see the video of her engaging in that part of the experience And his response was, it's the outfit, though. You a mom. So that created a big stir. And then, you know, after the fact, the dust didn't really settle. But not too long after the fact, he follows up by saying, we live in a generation where a man of a family doesn't want the wife and mother of his kids 
to showcase booty cheeks to please others. And he gets told how much a hater he is. This is my family and my representation. I have standards and morals to what I believe. Sounds really, really dope. But the internet never loses. It always wins. So they would, they've been digging up this guy's old posts. Um, I think he said something about Alton Sterling. And then more importantly, they brought up an old post where, you know, Kiki after the birth, she got a cat suit on again. I think it was like an animal print one. And she's like shaking the clappers in front of him again. And he's like, damn, look at my, my basically our child did to this, to, 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 to her body, did to her cheeks. So people are like, yo, you're a hypocrite. How you going to be showing her on the gram or on social media? But now that she's there and she's in, you know, again, now you're, you know, she was in a cat suit then and she was shaking her ass in the video, but you're the one as a cameraman. And then now that she's, you know, in this revealing or I'm going to say sexy outfit, it's a little provocative. Now you're, you know, you're shaming her. The slut shaming movement is real, right? Which is to, for all intents and purposes, the way I paraphrase and I could be wrong. So forgive me for that. Where it's like, don't judge somebody by the way in which they dress, right? It's basically women feeling, um, and individuals in general feeling the, the, the empowerment, the being empowered and encouraged with, within their own agency, taking power, taking back their own agency to say, how I dress and how I present myself doesn't necessarily license anyone to disrespect or violate me in any kind of way. And I respect that. I totally understand the sentiments behind that. And I respect that. I think this kind of parallels it may not be exactly the same. Now, let's see what happens next. Right. So a lot of the feedback that he was getting was he was a hater. So I was like, all right, I know what I think of when I think of hater. I think a dude hating is just a dude just not giving it up or somebody not giving it up, not giving props where props are deserved. Right. But the nerd that I am, I said, let me see what the, the Internet says between Urban Dictionary, Merriam-Webster. What do they say? They said it's a person who actively and aggressively criticizes and disparages something or someone. I said, okay, that's a hater. You know what I'm saying? They actively criticizing and disparaging someone. But more importantly, it's when people hate on other people for no reason. Criticism is usually because something is quote unquote wrong. Now, if you deem it to be wrong, you may feel that's like that gives you license to criticize. However, that's haters. And he was like, I'm not a hater. And I thought about it. Are you hating or are you a hater? I said, okay, does he have a reason? Yes, he has a reason. That's not that part of that definition. Let's check the other part of the definition. Um, Is he actively and aggressively disparaging someone or someone? mm, He's not actively doing it like in the context, like he's just on her back. He put out one thing. He didn't call her out her name. He didn't say anything negative about her. Particularly, he just said, it's the outfit though. He didn't, you know, shame her in that kind of way, but it was suggestive, right? Very, very suggestive. And a lot of the outcry that I heard about it was, oh, is why he, why would he do that publicly? Da, 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 da. And I'm like, y'all can't pick and choose. If he's seen something public, it wasn't like they had a private matter in the house. And then he goes public on social media and says something about her. He's seen a read a video that was shared with their followers or their whatever. And that has been reposted by the many and in it being reposted by the many, he caught wind of it. So he's seen something that involves somebody he deals with personally and privately publicly based on what they were doing publicly. And he responded, his initial response was a public response. So that, public, private thing, knock it off. He's seen something public, he responded public. Now, the reality of it is, should he, from a decorum standpoint, should he have responded publicly? I think not. I think that if she violates, even if she violates publicly, you can say, okay, look, I don't want to make this a public matter because I don't deal with her in the public. I deal with her privately. So wait till I get her on the phone, wait till she come back home. I'm going to respond to her that kind of way. Now I'm a sidebar real quick because I'd be lying right here. And I think gentlemen, a lot of gentlemen can agree with this, but I'm going to speak for myself. I think that many gentlemen believe that it's okay if they girl dress a certain way or whatever. They're not really, the preference is that it's reserved for them. They may not be too happy if she out in the world and she's showing a lot of what he deals with and desires and believes that it's procured and reserved for him. Now, if he's out in the world with her, 
he may not have a problem with it. I'm kind of like that guy. Um, I'm not really too much of a fan of you showing all your goodies out in the world as you moving around, whether it be with your girlfriends or whatever the case may be. I'm not too big of a fan of that. And I, I let it be known. I understand that everybody moved differently. If I met you already dressed in a certain kind of way, I'm not going to be the one to change it. But if I didn't meet you dressed in a certain kind of way, I feel like I got a little bit of latitude to be like, nah, you know what I'm saying? Because I didn't sign up for that. However, I can respect your freedom of expression. I can respect fashion. I could do a lot of different things. And I probably might find a way to try to be successful, but it is kind of like, nah. Before I get into some other things, I really want to just be real about this. Gentlemen, like every dude, I feel like you're entitled to how you choose to really respond to this because that's your person. The thing that was most off-putting about this situation is that how many people didn't respect his position and his feelings? Like as a guy, when a guy expresses something like that, you're instantly a hater, you're insecure, you're jealous right off the bat. However, if that was a guy behaving in the manner that she was with another woman, instantly, if that woman says anything, her feelings are validated because she is his person. So nobody would discount her feelings about how she feels because it deals with another woman. So there was an incident not too long ago where Chance the Rapper was at a carnival and carnival, that's the vibe. You know, it's a very dancey, everybody's dancing on everybody, whining, dancing, vibing, just enjoying the music. And that's the, that's the energy, that's the culture, that's the environment. So women and men will dance with each other whether they know each other or not. And it's nothing. It can literally be nothing. You girl freak on a guy, guy freak on a girl, and he could keep about his business. She can keep out of business. Nobody's trying to collect numbers. It ain't about going home with nobody. It ain't about nothing. And it's just kind of socially and culturally accepted and it's understood for what it is. So he could have been in that same spirit, like, oh, we could just dance and vibe and kick it and boom, but he's in a relationship. And everybody was like, yo, he's wrong, he's wrong, he's wrong. And no one was looking at her like, nah, like this is the culture, this is the vibe. They're like, yeah, he got caught. But for her, because he started off with, but you a mom, instantly women and men, I mean, and just in general, people are like, what does that have to do with anything? Is she not entitled to dress and be outside and, and be sexy and, and feel free to do so? And I respect that and I totally understand that from that vantage point. However, I think that everybody, the way he should have kept it private, everybody should have left that alone. Ain't your place to say nothing. That's their relationship. He's seen his woman in a public space doing something or behaving in a way that wasn't to his liking. It ain't for you to judge. It ain't for you to criticize. It ain't for you to whatever. So now it's two negatives in that, in that capacity. And I don't think that was fair to their relationship. I don't think that was fair to either of them in general. Um, and it's just the unfortunate reality of when your relationship goes public, right? It's left to everybody and everyone to criticize, judge, make a comment on no different than I am. However... In looking at this situation, what I was like, what happened next, right? So I don't know what happened in their relationship. That part is in public. But in the days or day after, whatever, she, she made a series of posts. And in her post, she's like <laughs> highlighting her outfit. She did look good in that outfit, but she was highlighting it. She went further on to uh, praise Usher. Great performance, great show, loved it, blah, 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 blah. And she wished more pictures were taken. That was kind of like the synopsis, right? Look at the engagement, though. Her Twitter, her tweets. She got about 405,000 tweets from these posts. Another on Twitter. And then another 32,000 plus posts after the incident on Instagram. Mostly in support of her. Mostly. So it's like, how many people is that? Almost 450, almost a half a million people are in support of this are in support of interfering in and in, because in, they're looking at it through different ways. And I think everything in life is about perspective. So this episode is about perspective. As I said before, and I think the line is poignant. That's why I started it off like that. There goes my baby. Ooh, ooh, look at you. You don't know how it feels. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like listen to the language, listen to the words. So when you listen to that, it's hard. Now, let me say the, un before we get into it, let me get into some shit right quick. So, here's some of the feedback that he got. This is the criticism this guy got. 
Somebody wrote, Darius Dalton, this is her guy, just try to humiliate Kiki online so he's not a protector. She makes more money than him. She makes more than him so he's not a provider. And he had a child out of wedlock. She's not his wife. The audacity of trying to scold her about traditional values when he meets none of the criteria. Now, let me go back to what he said. He said, you know, where a man and generally where a man of the family. So regardless of the ring or not, he's taking ownership of their relationship and where his placement of it. We talk about women talking about men aren't leaders and all these other different things and they're not whatever. At the end of the day, this is a man, black man, who's with a black woman and publicly claiming a position within his situation. He's taking ownership of her and their family, their unit right now, because they're together. Yes, they haven't gone through the marriage process or what have you, but he's taking ownership of that. Think about that for a second. Right. A lot of these with black women say, oh, you know, you know, black men don't support us. They don't fight for us or whatever. Yeah, he wrote that post. But just think about that. He's saying he's publicly claiming his position as it relates to this woman and what they have going on. Now, I don't know how long they've been together. I'm sure somebody's a Kiki Palmer expert who can say they've been together for a minute. But they're they're a fairly young couple. She's like well, around 28 or something like that. She's not 30, at least. So the fact that they haven't entered marriage, okay, this comment about wedlock, come on now, the average, and I'm not going to say the average because I don't have the statistics, but just think about it. How many people do you know is, are having planned children? A lot of children are pleasure babies, right? Me and this woman are together or we're engaging in a way that is satisfactory to us both. We both understand the risk. So sometimes we don't, we didn't know it happened by happenstance, right? But nevertheless, our relationship allows us to put us in a situation whereby we can produce life. We didn't set out an intent to produce life, but we might produce life. So to say out of wedlock and all this other stuff, you're speaking to what he was talking about morals and standards. The first the person who says that, like, yo, he's he could still have morals and standards. None of us are pen, are, are, are perfect. Right. He, he's not walking around abstinent, abstinent and things of that nature. And they wasn't practicing it. But at the end of the day, he could still have a standard like, yo, I don't really want to bring a child into this life. But because marriage is forever, how do you know that they probably had a conversation and they wanted to pace it out? They made the, that decision together. But as long as they're together, hey, we know where we want to go. In my opinion, I feel like sometimes you can't rush forever. Look at this other, the other part of the criticism. She makes more to him. That has nothing to do with this. Nothing to do with this. To lead a household doesn't mean that you have to make more money than the person, you know, that you're with, right? The CEO of a company is a leader of a company, but that doesn't mean they're the smartest person in the company. They can still lead. Their skill set, their ability to manage the business at large is probably better than someone else's specialized knowledge. However, there can be intelligent, they may not be as intelligent or as savvy as somebody else, but or they may have the set of skills that allows them to be the leader of the organization. You understand what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, this money makes you, uh, 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 qualifies you and your ability to speak is, is asinine, it's moot. The next one, She's not his wife. She isn't his wife. Absolutely. But that's his lady. And he's claiming her. There's a bunch of women right now involved right now, period. Whole guy, right? Like I am with him. He's with me. And that's, that's good enough for them. Getting married, what, that's a whole nother ball game, you know? And in this generation, in these kids, again, 28, they're, they may get married later. Who knows? Who knows? Just because they're not that today doesn't mean they can't grow into that. And let's say they were together, they were dating, and yes, she got pregnant. But they were like, look, we don't want to get married because of the child. Let our relationship determine whether or not we get married or not. But not let, let, let us not do that or dictate that or let the child dictate that rather. You know, that's a very, um, re- that's a mature way to look at it. And a lot of people feel that way. You know, I do adopt that, th- that line of thinking because a lot of times people make decisions for things or individuals that are external to them 
and then res- and then that decision or that reasoning isn't enough to sustain them because it requires you to want it yourself, you to fight through it for yourself. And then some people have those relationships where they make it for the kids and the relationship sucks. Yeah, you stuck together, but shit, you did more harm than good sticking together. You made your children resent ever wanting to be in a relationship or a marriage because they see what this look like. They're like, I don't want this at all. Another part of this, the audacity of trying to scold her about traditional values. He didn't. He said, it's a, it's the outfit though. You're a mom. He didn't scold her. He never scolded her. He made a comment, maybe unwarranted or maybe probably not the most intelligent or mature comment to make, but he made a comment no less, right? But he didn't scold her. So the fact that this person jumped to scold is crazy. Next. Another one I heard I, I seen was never have their fatherhood weaponized or like basically men never have their, their, their fatherhood weaponized when having fun compared to mothers. You're right. You're right. Well, what's your definition of fun? Let's qualify that because fun could be fun. Fun is different for everybody else. But I do agree with the statement. You know, women are held sometimes to an unfair standard in comparison to men. What I usually say is true or untrue doesn't. It matters. However, part of it for me is sometimes we lack the perspective or that we don't have this. We don't share the perspective of what it means to be either gender or what it means to be man and woman in a relationship context and why, how that can produce these type of double standards in a sense. Right. Next thing I seen was uh, you talking about this generation, this and that. And actually, I agree with you. The generation of men is too comfortable disrespecting women in public. Wow. Stop it. Stop it. This is Christian Walker. Uh, I think uh, Herschel Walker's um, child. Knock it off. Knock it off. It's very easy for someone to find it disrespectful. My girl on another whole nother dude. Like, just peep that for a second. It wasn't that he was just serenade her. He stood, he stood in one place. She went up. She grabbed him. She got her arm around him. She caressing his head. She's singing the song with him. She's in his face, the gaze, the whole night. She's doing way too much. Yeah, she's having fun, but at the end of the day, it's at the expense of her man and her relationship. What man is comfortable with his woman being draped on another guy, let alone a celebrity dude that's serenading and singing? I ain't going to hold you. I hate on that too. I can't sing. Nigga singing to my girl and she all draped on him. Look, we got a problem. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We got a problem. Similar women, if your man is there and a woman is and a woman is singing to your man, uh, I don't know, you pick the artist and she's draped all he's all on her holding her and she's singing all in his face or whatever. Come on, you're gonna be like, what the fuck is you doing? Like, let's keep it a hundred. Is that not disrespectful to the relationship to be draped on another another person? Let's not say, oh, it's Usher, and this is what he always do. No, he does serenade, but he's not. Body to body with everybody that he serenades. Let's be real with ourselves. All right, let's move this thing along. This thing really made me think about the concept of jealousy versus insecurity. And we throw out terms sometimes and it just makes me really ponder on what are we really, really dealing with? Is this a jealousy issue? Is this an insecurity issue or both? And I think sometimes people don't really, not everyone knows the difference between the two or if there is a difference. So I thought about it. What is jealousy? What is insecurity? Both of them are emotions. And sometimes they often travel together. That's why we can't really tell them apart. We can probably use them synonymously. But jealousy is the state of being envious of another person. It's more of an external thing. So an insecure person can also be jealous because they're also envious. So you envy something that somebody has, something that someone is, or whatever. It could be their personality. It could be whatever they have, whatever they own, whatever the case may be. The attention that somebody's getting, you could be jealous of those things because you're envious of the, you're envious of that external thing. And in being envious of that, you find yourself in these spaces whereby you present this air of jealousy. Now, let me keep it a whole stack. I think that we all have the capacity to be jealous at some point or another. How you handle being jealous may be a different story, but I think that we can also experience that. You got parents right now, men at home who have newborns or, or kids, and they see the love that their wives or they, they, the mother of their children is given to their child or children. And they like, damn, I wish I was being nurtured like that. Right. I wish she was loving on me like that. And, you know, most dudes get criticized for that. Like, 
you're a grown man. Why do you want that? But the truth of the matter is a lot of dudes do balk at that reality. Like, damn, I wish I can get that, but it's not the same, right? So um, at the root level, what's at the root level of jealousy? It's fear. And I was like, wow. If you're envious of something, I feel like often it speaks to a lack. But in the case of jealous, it's like that fear could make you feel like whatever that thing is or those things or whatever that individual, whoever that individual, you not being that person or having what another person has or having that thing, that jealousy thing, that thing that you find envious, that fear of not having it or being without it could cause you to think that it can make something totally go away or change in a way that's unfavorable to you. So at the root of this is fear. Could he feel fear for Usher? Probably so. If I'm sitting at home with my child or whatever, whatever, and this is a superstar A-list guy, celebrity who knows everybody, everybody's coveting him. He's been doing multiple, he's been doing residency for multiple years. Uh, he can sing his ass off. He has the hits that I sing to, the, the hits that I might even play my woman. You know what I'm saying? When I'm trying to even make love to her or be sweet and be romantic. Like we listening to this dude. And my woman has the opportunity to be body to body with him. I might be like, shit, like, yo, you know what I'm saying? If I'm a fearful person, I might think that he could take her or at least have her. This is a real thing. Right. And I think most men won't admit it, but I think it's a real thing to admit. Like if you really appreciate what you have and really like the person you're with, there's an air of fear there that keeps you on point because you know what it's like to not have and you don't want to really go without having so it can cause you to think about that. You may not internalize it to the point that everything you do and think is based off that fear, but fear exists. And I don't think fear is necessarily a bad thing. It could kind of keep you sharp to live in that fear might be a different story. So I thought about this. What are some red flags of a, of a jealous person? Because a lot of times this start off as real fucking cute and you like, oh, but what it ends up being may be something different. So I found some red flags. People expected to spend all your time with them. They don't want you spending no time with nobody else, doing nothing else, can't do nothing with else without him. With me all the time. Be with me. Do everything you do with me. You shouldn't even want to do nothing unless you with me. That individual. Another one. The person who makes you, gives you the requirement of checking in. You ain't hit me all day. You ain't hit me. Where you at? Where you going? They require you to check in as they move around. It's one thing if somebody from a obligation perspective says, I want this person to know what I'm doing, what I'm doing and how I'm moving around. They keep, they're checking in with you. It's another thing if somebody's requiring you to do that on a regular basis. Another one, rules about who you can talk to or they monitoring your communication. They checking your phone on a regular basis, looking at your call logs, seeing how many texts you send in, seeing who you text in, telling you, hey, you can't have no, <laughs> no friends. So dudes, don't be this way. Like these are the red flags that you don't want to be and you definitely don't want to be with nobody. It's like this because it's cute. It's cute in the beginning. Like, oh, they care. Another thing to do, they're consistently suspicious. Who are you talking to? Where are you going? Why was you there? Who was there? What were you doing? Are you doing? It's like, that's going to get annoying. That's going to run dry. I literally just having a conversation with somebody who was doing it, he's like, yo, like, I don't even know how to not even be at work anymore. Like, I'm always there because of what the demand of it. And it's most frustrating for him. Like, it can ruin, it ruins his entire day when he gets those suspicious calls or texts while he's on the job. And he's the one communicating with her in a way that it's like, you know, anything and everything that's going on right now. Another thing, possessive. Person who's very possessive. Mine, 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 my. <sighs> Red flag. Someone who's quick tempered with this too. That's the, this is when you get to that deep end. In the beginning is, I'm mad because you ain't cold. I'm mad because you ain't, ah, ah, ah. In the beginning, it might feel cute. Like, damn, he really care. He loves spending time with me or she loves spending time with me. He lo but then it turned to something else. Um, and sometimes it can be very emotionally intense. Somebody who's very emotionally intense, like they just drain you emotionally because of this envy and fear that they have within them. So speaking to the gentleman, you know, like coming across this information about jealousy, I really want you to do an assessment of yourself as I do one of my own self. 
about where I stand on this jealousy spectrum. I don't think it's wrong to necessarily feel jealous at some point. I think when you want to matter, when you want to be, you want to satisfactorily meet someone's needs and demands for love, affection, and whatever it means to be in a relationship with them, I think that you can find yourself in these spaces of finding either being fearful or a little bit envious when you see certain things. Um, And I think that's not necessarily a problem. I think how you handle that is, is the problem. How you communicate is a problem. How you behave in response to it could be the problem. But feeling it initially or in general, not necessarily a problem. We'll get further on to that. So then brings me to the case of insecurity. What's insecurity? Essentially, this refers to the state of having an insufficient confidence in, in yourself. Insecurity, you're insecure. You're not secure. So you're not secure with yourself. Most in, it's, it's about you. It's not really about somebody else. Somebody can do something to try to help you become more secure, but technically insecurity is an internal thing. The example is not feeling good enough, right? Not feeling like you are enough for somebody else is, is, is being insecure, right? You're insecure in yourself about your ability to meet someone else's needs, desires, et cetera, et cetera. Again, it's an internal factor and it's always triggered by your own perspective of your self-worth, If you're at work and you feel you're not doing enough or you feel like you're not getting praise enough, it can make you feel like, oh, they don't really value me. If you know you putting in that work, you feel confident. But if you don't feel confident in what you're doing because you're not getting validated or responded to in a certain way, it could lead you in effect to feel a little insecure in your job. It could make and the same thing could be in your relationship. If you're not getting a response with by from your person in within the context of your relationship, it could lead you to feel as if or not so secure in the relationship in terms of where you stand within the relationship. So the common signs of these of being insecure in, in a relationship. Right. But before I even get there, an insecure person can also be jealous because they're in, envious. So if you find yourself not really sure about your value, your worth within a situation or relationship. And then you envy those that you believe have what you don't have. You can find yourself to be very insecure, but now you also have become jealous and insecure. So what are some common signs of this thing? Feelings of inadequacy, period. Um, Jealousy is is a sign of insecurity. Uncertainty about what's going to happen, where we are. How do you feel about me? What you think about me? How do you feel about what just happened? Like those types of things. Anxiety within a relationship. Um, any low self-esteem that you may have, any lack of confidence that you may exhibit or feel, feeling unworthy or your need to feel like you need to strive for perfection. I got to be perfect for this person. Nah. Sidebar, dudes, don't be this way. We can't be. I, I've, I've experienced this. I experienced it in my early on as I was maturing into relationships, liking a woman so much that I really wanted to be enough. And I wanted her to let me know that I was enough, that she was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs for me. I really wanted that. And it bothered me when I wasn't getting the response that I wanted for her to the point that she couldn't even joke with me. She couldn't joke with me about anything that made me feel like I wasn't measuring up. It bothered me because I wanted to be perfect because I didn't think that I was enough for her or I didn't think that I was her type. And this is early. This is young George, right? And... It took me a while to finally get to a place where I was like, I started noticing a trend. And, and it's funny because this does happen and we criticize it, but it's a real thing. Sometimes within your context of your relationship or your situation, you don't see yourself the way other people see you. You're looking to see yourself through somebody else because you're looking to be validated. And if they don't do a good job at doing that, for whatever reason, what can end up happening is you'll go out in the world and other people will validate you. Other people will affirm you, affirm things in you and about you. And it'll cause you now to look at the person you with kind of funny style, like, yo, you don't value me. You and, so, and, and it's sometimes it's, that person may not know how else to behave. They may come from a situation where they wasn't in this loving, reciprocal, loving, re- reciprocal, loving relationship where they are able to, uh, to give that love and deposit that affirmation and validation to get that back. What happens then? But most importantly, like, just understand that you got to get to a point whereby we, 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 we start understanding that we're a work in progress. Yes, but we're still enough. 
we can't make people or an individual feel what we we should already feel about ourselves. And we can't look to people to validate what we know to be true. We need to spend more time with ourselves, evaluating ourselves, assessing ourselves to ensure that to feel confident in what we bring to the table, understanding our strengths and weaknesses and knowing that the person that really want to rock with us rocks with our strengths and weaknesses. Just about anything and everything that we deal in life, we know we got our strengths and weaknesses. I don't care. You got a nice car, it has its strengths and weaknesses. You got a good job, it has its strengths and weaknesses. Anything and everything. You live in a nice place, it has its strengths and weaknesses. You might have a dope-ass spot in the city, but it might be on a busy street, and you, when the, when the winter come around, that snow hit, you hate the fact that you got to shovel yourself out that snow. Somebody live in the suburbs, might be dope-ass house, but you live far away from everything that you want to go. Everything has its strengths and weaknesses. Understanding your strengths and weaknesses and being okay with those strengths and weaknesses helps you be more confident in what you bring to the table and what you have overall. And it allows you to understand that the person who chooses to be with you, you chose this. I'm not going to try to become, you know what I'm saying, a magician overnight to now present an illusion that I have at all that you may or may not need. I'm just going to be me because you chose to sign up for this. Again, what are some solutions to this? So I thought about this and, you know, I was amazed to myself that without going down certain roads, I was able to identify with the fact that I practiced some of these things as I was maturing myself. Um, So everybody's on a different level where it comes to their own emotions and their own understanding of themselves. But one of the things that I realized that as I was doing my, like kind of looking into this, when it comes to jealousy and security and all these different things, like one of the things that could be done to to solve this issue is self-reflection. How often do you think about yourself in a, in a, in a holistic kind of way, not making a judgment like bad, good, positive, negative, just a holistic sense, right? Really reflecting on yourself. Are you spending time? Gentlemen, self-reflect. Next, deeply look at how you feel about yourself. Really get to the bottom of that. Yo, why do I feel this way about myself? Why am I telling myself what I'm telling myself about myself? Like really think about that on a really deep level. Don't be surface level with it. Really try to go deep. See how far back you can go in in terms of your thinking of when those thoughts started producing or when those thoughts started to exist in your brain. And then really think in in the context of what could I, what, try to identify those things that could help you fulfill that thing within you. Whatever that void or whatever that issue is, start identifying what could... If this was in place, what could be done? But don't think outside of yourself. Like it has to be something external. Think within yourself. Like if I did this more or if I did this better than this, think about it in context of what you can control and what you can do for yourself to make yourself feel better about yourself, to think better about yourself. In my opinion, I think that when you, uh, the next thing is um, engage in activities and hobbies that you love and to make you feel good. Do what you love, man. You can't feel bad when you're doing what you love. I don't care what it is. Badminton. I don't care if you want gardening. I don't care what it is. Do something that you honestly love doing. I don't think you would feel bad if you were doing that. And as men, I think it's important that we understand what we really love. I don't care if it's music. I don't care if it's barbecuing. I don't care if it's whatever it may be, playing cards, whatever your thing is that you love, immerse yourself in that. Again, Immerse yourself in your own interest and the things that you love. Try to find ways to improve your self-esteem. Personally, I think these are mental things where you tell yourself the positive things about you. Verbal affirmations. Go to sleep. Go to wake up every day telling yourself all the things that you love and appreciate about yourself. I heard Denzel Washington say something about life one time and it was about the spirit of gratitude. I think that if we walked around with a spirit of gratitude, gentlemen, that we would do better in life. For everything that we desire, everything that we think we don't have, if we thought about everything that we do have, that imagining that not being existent, it may create a spirit. It can help create a spirit of gratitude around you. The person in your life, the people in your life, friends, family, and otherwise, you might be like, man, I can't, exp- I can't travel overseas, but man, I can go to the beach locally. Appreciate the fact that you can still get to a beach where there's some sand and some water, you know? I can't afford this restaurant, but you know what? There's a cool dinner spot right here, whatever, whatever. Yo, real talk. 
my girl ain't got no ass, but she got ass though. <laughs> like it could be something as vain as that. Like appreciate the fact that your girl got an ass that she allowing you to touch. Instead of thinking about the ass is more voluptuous out there that you can't like, oh, I wish her ass is this fat. Cause a lot of women are doing, I ain't going to get into that boat, but there are a lot of men with men encouraging women to go under the knife. And a lot of women who are going under the knife thinking that that will satisfy they do. And that spirit of gratitude might save that person's life, but also keep that person from going through something they don't really got to go through. Personally speaking, spirit of gratitude. Communicate with your partner. Communication is going to be really king about how you feel in certain situations, but communicate in a way where you don't make accusatory or absolute statements. The never, always, every time, you know, uh, stay away from that stuff, man. And don't even think in that kind of way. And set boundaries for yourself. Like, I tell you one of mine right now. If I'm with you, I don't follow you. Social media is a monster unto its own. I don't even want to misconstrue anything. The world is open on social media. And all I can think about is the things that I've seen and the things that I've experienced. I've experienced random people hitting me up. Hey, what's up? What's your status? What you up to? What you on? Um... I can get certain level of attention from certain people that I, that I didn't solicit, but they on my line and things of that nature. And women are more coy that I think than dudes are. Dudes are more, they gonna, if they on your line, they on your line. I don't even want to put myself in a position where I'm observing the activity, the, the, the comments, the emojis or any of those types of things. I don't even want to witness it. And I do that on purpose Somebody might say you being naive, whatever, whatever, but I don't even want to bring that into my zone, my energy. That's my boundary. You know, how you choose to conduct yourself in that space is your private space, right? And I want you to be able to do that. And I've practiced this for the longest. Like, I can't even remember when I started this, but I've been practicing this for the longest. Like, I don't want to see what you got going on there, you know? Listen, on my feed alone, if I jump on the gram right now, 20 pitches might be out of 20. It might be like 17. I give. I would say like 14 women. And out of those 14 women, it's 14 women doing what makes them feel good when they're on the gram. They looking, they, they looking fine. They showing their outfit. They're going to show their assets. They, they being sexy in the camera. You can see some of these stories and some of these pictures. It's like, who are these girls <laughs> making these faces for? Like, Mm, mm, mm. It's like, yo, y'all doing a whole, who are you smiling for? You know what I'm saying? Like, who are you looking when you taking these pictures and these videos? Like, it's a sexy face, some other shit, but to the end, of, at the end of the day, they're trying, they're, they're putting their best foot forward. If you're going to see me in the world, why would I want to look raggedy and shabby? I'm going to show myself in the best possible light. And I know that, right? But the same way I just responded is how I responded. That's my person. Who is this for? Because you didn't send me this picture. You ain't send me this video. Who is this for? Women would love to tell you. It's for other women. <laughs> There's a lot of women who say, I ain't into women. But women always do things for other women. <laughs> I'll get that. <laughs> I really don't. It is what it is, though. Um, and don't speak. I would say don't only speak about serious matters in a state of calm. Don't speak it at heightened emotion or right in the moment. Find ways to like... A boundary could be like when we have serious, sensitive conversations and then try to manage your negative thoughts. Attempt mindfulness exercises, right, to better choose your thoughts. So I came up, I found two. One is called the name game. So you start off like this. Hey, you in the room, you think about three things you just heard. I don't care if you heard a bird chirping, you heard the fan running. I don't care what it is. Think of three things you're thinking about. Identify two things you can see. Then after you do that, find one thing about your sensation, like identify the sensation, like what you're thinking and feeling. Like what are you feeling at this particular moment? These are self-awareness, mindfulness exercises. So you're more aware and mindful of where you are, who and what's going on around you. Another one is deep breathing exercises. Um, I, I did this when I went to therapy too. Actually, I went to, I, the first time I did a, I did a float spa. Uh, what's that spa called? It's, a, it's one in DC called Solex float spa. So I go in there and I'm talking to the girl. I'm like, yo, you know, she's like, hey, you know, you get in here. It's a, it, it's so much salt. You're not going to drown. You'll be all right. 
et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, cool, perfect. So then she's like, okay, what I do to relax my body so that I could float and be still is I do these deep breathing exercises. So I get in the water and I take 10 deep breaths, right? So ooh, I read another book, The Superior Man. And in that one, it talks about a deep breathing exercise for men as well, where it goes about you take a deep breath, but the deep breath you take, you take it all the way so deep, like you're trying to get to the bottom of your stomach. In his, he says, in the book, he says, to your pelvic floor. So you can see how low that is. But you take this deep, deep, deep breath in. And then when you exhale, you try to exhale, exhale it all the way out. Do this 10 times to relax your body. I don't know anybody who could stay that mad if you take a deep breath like that 10 times in the heat of the moment when you feel in the light. Like you will see how much air you're able to take in and imagine that air. You're trying to fill up your stomach, your lungs. You're trying to go all the way down to your pelvic floor and then release that. That's something that could help you, you know, get that mindfulness But at the same time, relax your mind, relax your body, relax your muscles so that you're not reacting in a certain way that's not really mindful. And then therapy is always a good thing just because therapists can help you explore and identify and really get to the root and help you find resolutions to the things that, you know, um, you may be dealing with, struggling with to understand or cope with, et cetera, et cetera. So as we wrap up, it brings me to this point. Going back to the first soap. Before I go there, this guy communicated these different things, right? And he was emotional. His emotional response made him say something that created this whole hellstorm, right? If he sat back and thought about it, took his 10 deep breaths, would he have sent that post? Probably not. If he was more mindful of the implication of what it means to say that to her, et cetera, et cetera, and how, how whatever he feels and whatever he thinks, it still is going to have a consequence in a relationship. How are we going to progress after this moment? Would he have still sent that message? Would he still feel the way he felt? Maybe, maybe not. So these are some things, gentlemen, like be mindful of these things. Be more mindful, be more self-aware and do things to put yourself in a more calm, more logical state, more rational state than in a more emotional state. And these, these type of mindfulness exercises can do that. But also understanding the difference between being jealous. Every time you feel jealous, understand that you're saying to yourself, yo, I'm envious of something. And at the, at the core of this, I'm fearful. When I'm feeling insecure, that means I'm, val- I'm, I'm, val- uh, I'm, I'm battling my, uh, my understanding of my self-worth within the context of whatever it is that I feel insecure about or who I'm insecure with. It's not just a matter of feeling a certain way. Get to the root of that. What are you envious? What are you jealous about? What are you fearful about? What are you not secure about? Is it more of a me thing or them thing? If I'm insecure, is that because of me or because of them? Some people say, well, you did something that made me insecure. Now I don't feel confident in my position with you. Now you go, well, what can make you feel that way? Oh, I need you to behave this kind of way. But the truth of the matter is that only works up to a certain point because what happens if I don't have the receipts? What happens when I don't have the receipts to make you feel comfortable and confident? Right? Let's say you called, let's say the issue for you is, uh, let's say something like, cheating or something like that. And you call me and I'm asleep. I don't know how many people wake up in their sleep every time to answer their phone, but let's just say hypothetically, you slept through that phone call. If you woke up to cheating allegations because you were asleep, how can you prove you were asleep? No one's taking a picture of you telling you you were asleep. Maybe a groggy voice might help you say you were asleep, but if the person knows but wants to believe that you were asleep, you can't really fight that argument. So imagine you had to deal with those type of allegations or those type of assumptions just because you weren't able to provide a receipt. That's an external thing. You're not going to be able to secure that person. So a person at the end of the day has to make the decision that I'm going to move in a secure state and confident in what I bring to the table and whatever happens outside of that, I can't control that. If somebody behaves in a way that's not something that I am literally supporting or facilitating, they're doing something on their own. I'm not going to take that in now and now be insecure. So standards and preferences, understand this, right? So I seen this quote by Tony Gaskin Jr.'s and I thought I liked it. You know, I know people, some people got some things to say about him, but I like this quote and it said, don't confuse standards with preferences. Standards are things you need in a partner. Preferences are things you want in a partner. Sometimes 
what you want isn't what you need. Recognize when that's the case. And that's the truth, in my opinion. Your standard is your baseline. This is what needs to happen for this to happen. Um, in any situation, your preference are the things you would like. The standard is you need to eat. More than likely, you need to eat every day. You need to drink water, a certain amount of water. Now, your preference might be flavored water. (laughs) You might want to drink Pedialyte. You might want to drink Gatorade, but that's just a preference. Water really is your prep. Water is the need. That's the standard. Your body needs water. You just may choose to hydrate it with something else. There's more to your taste liking, but not necessarily to your need liking. And it's important to understand the difference between the two. And not to confuse the two many times. Confusing the two, making your preferences, which are your wants, into a need could create problems where they don't need to be. So in any relationship, like you got to think about what are my needs? What, are, what needs to happen in my relationship versus what I want to happen in my relationship? And understanding what your wants are, first make sure your needs are established. Once your needs are established, now we can say, all right, cool. So gentlemen, in this case... My man could have easily said to to his lady like, yo, my standard is you don't dress a certain kind of way out in public unless you're with me, which would explain the video when he she was in the bodysuit shaking her clappers. That stuff you do with me is because it's with me. Anything outside of me, nah, I ain't vibing with that. That could have been his standard. She could have said, yo, I respect that. And we don't know if they had that conversation, which probably licensed him to feel that way. Who knows? However, that is just an example of what my man could have did better to to better handle himself, his relationship and his woman in a way that would have been more sustainable. Now they don't got to go back and forth over a public thing as opposed to just dealing with the reality of how in which their behavior or how much her behavior in that case or what have you, he felt about that. And how it could produce himself. So, gentlemen, always remember that. Like, we got to remember, 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 understand what our needs are in a relationship. What do we need from our relationship? What do we need from our woman? And making sure that's clearly understood. And then, once we understood that and we've established that we can meet that need, that need can be met, now start adding your preferences and your liking. It might start off with, hey, I need this from you. Then it might be like, it'd be nice if you do a little bit of this extra. So that's something you should think about. The big thing about preferences is always negotiable. I was in LA. I'm at the SLS for like a half a second. And I go in the hotel and I'm about to eat. Hit my man up. I'm like, yo, what's up? I'm on the, I'm on the roof. Come through. He's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to grab some food. Like, I right, bet. I'm going to say, I'm going to let you know after I finish work. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm looking at the menu. The menu not really extensive. I'm like, man, I really just want some fries. And then they was like, oh, we got truffle and we got Cajun. I'm like, damn, I really need some fries right now. Right? I need something that's going to hold me down before I get on this flight. Da, 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 da. And I decided, man, can you do both? The truffle with the Cajun seasoning? And them shits was fire. <laughs> so I got what I needed in my fries. And I got my Cajun and my truffle. And them things was fire. Smoking. So that's just my little example. I don't know why I wanted to bring that up, but that was just me right there. Um, but your preferences are always negotiable, right? So think of it always like the icing of the cake, whereas your standards are non-negotiables. These are your uh, uh, deal breakers, okay? These are way more important than your, your preferences. They have way more weight than whatever you prefer, okay? And it's required for the health and the maintenance of your relationship. Think about it from that. Like I need things to move like this in order for me to be my best and for us to and help for me to help our relationship be what it need to be. So my man said, I got morals. I got this. I got that. The question is, did he communicate those standards and was it known? And was she violating when she was doing what she was doing? Be together now. You can't be draped up off some nigga like you can't be on dudes like that. Now, I get it if you like a dude or you notice an attractive guy, but you just can't be draped all over some dude. Like, that ain't going to work, you know, at all. You know, like, you got to be hands off when you're around dudes. None of that hugging, all that industry stuff y'all be doing. Nah, you're going to have to find another way to get around that. It's very plausible, right? Um, But who knows if he did it? The funny thing I came across but when it comes to standards is that it's not supplemental. And the first thing that came to my mind is, that's something you can't buy or talk your way into or out of. When somebody got a standard, I can't buy you something that's going to make you say, you know what, maybe I'll chill. If it's a real standard, they can't buy you into it. They can't talk you into it. They can't finesse you into it. That's where you at with it. Which brings me to my last topic. 
And this is going to be something that's going to come in, gentlemen, as we go through, and I say it's the construction zone, we build it from within. And one of the things we're going to build up together, me included, is our emotional intelligence. I've been going through a bunch of different things in life most recently, and um, I've been consistently reminded of where my emotional intelligence, and this is over the last like maybe three, four years of my life, maybe, I would say, if not longer, that I can really go back and pinpoint that there's things and specific things that I can honestly say my lack of emotional intelligence is affecting me in those areas. And what is emotional intelligence? So emotional intelligence is your ability to recognize and understand your emotions in yourself and your ability to use this awareness to manage your behavior in your, in your relationships. It's that simple. I'll repeat it one more time. It's your ability to recognize and understand your emotions in yourself and your ability to use, your aware, use this awareness to manage your behavior and relationships. Many years ago, I did couples coaching and I came across this book. And at the time, I didn't really understand what I was reading. And this is ironically around the time I think Jay-Z and Beyonce was going through his thing. And then he's sitting on that couch and everybody was talking about because he had the, leg cr- the legs crossed. And he was kind of doing the lean to the side. And he was talking about emotional intelligence. People were like, look at Jay talking about emotional intelligence. And the people who go to therapy and things of that nature was like, oh, he probably read that book in therapy or whatever. We didn't really understand it, you know, but he was talking about something that was real. And maybe he had to gain some more as it relates to his relationship life. However, when I came across, I read it, but it wasn't landing. Um, I tried to revisit it maybe two or three times, but I never really could get into it. Um, there's a part of the book where they kind of go through these scenarios, but the scenarios just don't really identify with me. However, for the most part, the baseline of it does. Um for whatever it's worth, I'm back on it. And one of the things that triggered this was one of the books that I've always wanted to read was the autobiography of Malcolm X. And I bought the book. I couldn't read the book. Like I, I just couldn't find the time to flip through the pages. Fortunately, over the last couple of years, I've, I've done a better job at, at using Audible to get through books. That especially books that I really, really wanted to read. And his was one of them. And I think his book is like 16 hours long, right? So I would always indulge the book as I could within the context of what my life was at going on right now. Okay, if I'm in a shower, brushing my teeth, driving in the car, whatever, finally get through the book. But when you read this book, whether you're reading the physical or listen to the audio book, one of the things that you cannot deny is his emotional intelligence. This guy at 16 was living a life that you would be like, what? At 16, the maturity at 16. Granted, it was a different time, but if you, by the ages, before he was 21, the life that he was living, you would have thought that this guy was a grown, like a grown man, probably 30, 40 years old. And more importantly, by the time of his death, this is his book now. This guy wasn't foretelling his death, but he was at peace with his death before 40. Think about that for a second. Most of us don't really even start really getting to live until our 30s now. This guy, before he even turned, well into his 30s, was already at peace. He's already seen or experienced death in a way that he was so mature in his thinking and his behavior, his discipline, his diligence about the God that he served. And so much that after I was like, this guy is like, this is, I've never heard this before. I've never seen this before. Like it blew my mind. And that was a, that was a big key turning point in me picking the book back up because I found it very profound because by the age of like by the age of what he was doing around the world, but before just around the U.S. before he got across the world and just dealing with dignitaries and heads of states and all these different things, he had to be most times the youngest person in the room, a family, a wife, multiple children, living a life on the road, having an obligation that he had, setting up mosques, being a leader of men, being a fisher of men. It was it was impressive. That was my little sidebar, I apologize. But the book, Emotional Intelligence, is amazing. Now, before you even get through chapter two, 
one of the things that you'll really understand about this book is senses. And this understanding that all of our senses, taste, touch, smell, all that, communicates with our brain through electric signals. The electric signals start at the, 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 the base of your brain, your spinal cord. The profound thing is that it's path that it travels, it travels through the base, through your limbic system. The limbic system is where all your emotions exist. Before it gets to your frontal lobe, right, where your rational, logical mind is. I don't know anybody who ever watched the Math Hoffa, in my expert opinion, uh, show, but several months ago, they used to have two hosts on there. Um, I can't remember the name of them now. They, they started their own podcast. Uh, I don't know why it's escaping me right now. Esso, Esso was one of them, but Esso kept talking about your frontal lobe, your frontal lobe, your frontal lobe. And that's because that's where, you're, that's where you do your rationalization. But I found it profound. Like, God is smart. That's a no-brainer, but God is super smart. Why do I say God is smart? If, all your, if your brain in, interprets all this sick, like everything that your senses are taking in, and it goes through your limbic system or that, that, that emotional side first before we get to your rational, that means your rational side regulates your emotions. Right? But let's say if it was in reverse. Your brain rationalizes something and then you feel something. What rationalizes your emotion? What regulates your emotions? Nothing. But he wired us to be emotional, but to regulate it, he put the rational, logical side behind it. So after you feel what you feel, you can ask, you can ask yourself why and get to the bottom of it. So going back to this case, Okiki. She's in her fun state. So she's in her emotional bag. I'm feeling good. I'm looking good. Probably smelling good. Usher singing good. I'm eating good. I got some drinks that taste good. All her senses are hot. And in that moment, in her fun, she is just totally immersed in this experience. She's not touching on her logical side like, yo, what if my man seen this video right now? What would he think? She wasn't even in that space to make that rational decision. Understanding this will help you better give grace to her. Speaking it, you know, to her dude. If you know that your girl is hot, like she is on cloud nine, she's at this amazing show. She's probably a super Usher fan. She's totally in a moment. She's getting serenaded by this, this guy it's very plausible that she's just so into her emotions that she's not logically thinking about how she's behaving and or how others may perceive, more importantly, him. And in that, she deserves grace, unless she has a history of behaving a way that is less than um, favorable. Let's go a little bit step further, right? In this book, it talks about the test that they did with 500,000 people. 36% of these people were able to identify um, their emotions in real time, like as they're feeling like, oh, this is what I'm feeling. I, I know this, I'm, I'm aware of it. So the other two thirds didn't. So that kind of says like on some real stuff, that's a great sample size, half a million people. Most individuals, one, one out of every three persons that surround you can know exactly what they're feeling and going through in that moment. Two, two thirds of them don't. They're totally unaware of what they're feeling in that moment. They're not even aware of what they're feeling, how they're behaving based off that they're feeling. So in summation, ladies and gentlemen, most importantly, my gentlemen, it's very, 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 very important that we understand this. We understand and we become more self-aware about our emotions. We, be, we become more understanding about um, where we are and our ability to recognize how we feel about ourselves, how we feel in the moment. Are we more envious? Are we jealous? Um, you know, are we fearful about something? Um, where's our self-worth? Are we more mindful about where we are in the moment and what we're doing and those implications and how it affects our relationship um, and things of that nature? And, our ability to do this better will allow us to, 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 to manage ourselves more accordingly. This is geared to men. We have a different responsibility than women. So in our leadership role, quote unquote and unquote unquote, 
if we got to do that work, let's, let's figure our way to do that work where we start learning how to become more emotionally aware of ourselves, that we don't behave in a way that becomes, um, that conflicts, that creates more conflict in a way that we can teach and show the value of being under, uh, understanding a standard versus a preference, understanding jealousy and insecurity and in the, in the correlation between the two, understanding how to be more mindful and how to be uh, more and, and, and not to allow our emotions to overrule our behavior and our actions, but getting to a place whereby, you know, we can we allow ourselves to feel what we feel, but we give us ourselves a time, space and opportunity through whatever boundaries we set to be able to make rational decisions or assessments about what it is that we feel getting to the root of that. So we're not projecting or expecting somebody to be fix us understanding what's internal versus what is external. And again, not the, not requiring somebody else to, to reg, to resolve what we can resolve ourselves. Right. And trying to lead in the, in a better way. But, Oh, Kiki. That's all I got to say. So to all my men out there, tell this to your girl. girl, With that, 